from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obius. Dennis Cox is skanking in the control room at this very moment. What do you got your... Um, I'm sorry, if you're going to play ska... Yeah. Are you skanking back there? I sh- Yes. Do you know what that means? Apparently I don't. Have you ever been to a ska show? Actually, I haven't. Ah, oh, dude. It's, it's a delight. Skank is... That's, did, Mighty Mighty Boston's. Got it. You familiar with them? Yeah. Did you know that Mighty Mighty Boston's had a guy in the band whose sole job was to dance on stage? He no, played, actually, I didn't. He did not play an instrument. He did not have a bass guitar. Nothing. No brass instrument. Nothing. All he did on stage was skank, hmm. which is the dance that you do, the little up and down that you do. Oh, okay. It's called skanking. Gotcha. Educating. Out there now, was his revenue distribution the same as the other band members? Something tells me, something tells me he was not making as much money as the lead singer of uh, of Mighty Mighty Boston's, but he did play an important role as the guy who got people hyped up. He was a hype man. All these years later, you still remember him, but not his name. Of course, I don't know. I never knew his name then. I just like, hey, it's the guy that does the skanking. That's who he is. Uh, to Twitter, Twitter pointed out uh, the things that were most tweeted this year or year to date okay and i'm sorry in 20 in 2021 did all the uh, analytics we're getting ready for the world cup everything else and apparently soccer was the most tweeted about sport in 2021 according to the website more tweets were sent about soccer in 21 than basketball u.s football and baseball combined two thoughts the first one is, I wouldn't know because I have most soccer things tweeted. Secondly, it's really easy to tweet about soccer because all you have to do is do an all-caps one name. That's pretty much the equivalent of every soccer tweet. Am I wrong? I don't think so. Every soccer tweet is just like some dude's name in all-caps with some exclamation points. Or somebody lamenting their EPL team losing. Usually that's the other one, too. Never walk alone. Let's give you are completely original. It's never been done before. You cannot get these anywhere else. Non-European football, football power rankings. We got four items apiece. Gilio, number four on your football power ranking. Matt Canada, (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers offense coordinator. The the natives are restless. Dennis Cox, our producer, is a Steelers fan. Yeah. Dennis, did you know that Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback, has more rushing yards this year than Najee Harris? Yeah, I know. Woof. Wow. Yeah, because Matt Canada stinks. (laughs) Jeez. I will say this, though. I did warn anyone who asked me about NFL fantasy advice this year. Don't take anyone from the Steelers unless you want the backup tight end. That's who you take with Matt Canada. All right. All right. Uh, number four of my football power rankings is Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. This guy is like, is he? does he have the most amount of stock in the Green Bay Packers? Is he the general manager or is he just the quarterback? I don't know. The one thing that Aaron Rodgers does really, really well is that he does not take ownership for the failings of the organization. He does a much better job of putting that on other people, which is what he did on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and he said guys guys, i tried to be nice aaron Rodgers tried to be a nice guy 
but now he might have to start coming down on guys if they're going to turn the season around. There are times to listen, and then there are times where you've heard enough. And now it's start time. It's that time to really crack the whip a little bit. So mm. Could be, could be that time. Could definitely be that time. Players only. <laughs> players only meeting coming. No, we don't. No, you know. No, the floor needs to hear this too. Sounds, yeah. uh-huh. sounds like everybody needs to hear this potentially. <laughs> no, no, players only meeting. Those are that's that's for show a lot of times. Um, but no, it could be time to. To look for a little, little more opportunities to crack the whip a little bit. Now it is, man. Great leadership from Aaron Rodgers. Also, wonderful lack of self-awareness of using the phrase "crack the whip" in 2022. Number three on your football power rankings, Julio. Uh, Zach Stevens covers the Broncos, beat writer for Denver. Let's see. Let me make sure I get this right, Joe. Sorry. Denver Broncos Sports. Denver.com. Yes. Uh, he tweeted earlier today about how on an eight-hour flight from Denver to London, Russell Wilson said he was doing high knees in the aisle while the rest of the team was asleep. Stevens came back and actually posted the full quote from Wilson. You ready for this, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get jet lag. This is Russell Wilson. This is an actual quote. Uh-huh. I don't really get jet lagged often. I don't really. I've traveled enough to kind of get my system down. For me, I was on the plane the first two hours. What was it? An eight-hour flight? The first two hours, I was watching film, watching all the cut-ups of everything else. And then, the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everyone was knocked out. I was doing high knees, working on my legs and everything else, making sure I'm ready to rock. Not ride? Ready to rock. Which has now led to any number of jokes on the Twitters of teammates being like, hey, man. Like we're trying to sleep hey, up right hey, here. Can you read a book? Can you maybe? I don't know. Here's an idea, Russ. Sleep. Sleep. Stop saying you'll sleep when you're dead. You need to sleep or maybe and get if, your head right. Maybe if you don't want to sleep, maybe what you do is here's a Nintendo Switch. I don't know. Any number of things you can do on this eight-hour flight. Listen to a podcast, man. Go listen to Never Failed. That's it right, might actually should. do you some good. Snap you out but of Wait head. a minute. Is that what people thought of me? <laughs> Number three on my football power, power rankings. Completely original. Nobody's ever done this. Bill. Belichick, is do you think Bill Belichick is actually doing a season of that show uh, pranked or punked or any number of shows where somebody's running a long bit and at the end of the day they go, <laughs> I was doing a performance art the entire time. Because here's Bill Belichick dodging QB questions again, a situation that he created himself. As you move forward, if if he's healthy, Bill, is he? Is it fair to say if he's healthy, he's the starter? Uh, again, th- uh, that's a hypothetical question. So let's let's see, you know, where that is and what that is. Was Mac Jones healthy enough to play the entire game last night? Yeah. Well, that that didn't happen. So that's another hypothetical question. <laughs> All hypotheticals. Number two on your football power rankings, Joe. Number two is Jeff <laughs> Jeff Lamberth. You're saying who? Who's Jeff Lambert? The side judge from the football game from the Panthers and the Buccaneers on Sunday. The one who Sheena Quick had recorded seemingly getting an autograph from uh, Bucks receiver Mike Evans. Yes. That was not the case, Joe. Are you ready for this? 
What was going on? Everything always comes back to the Aggies and Texas A&M. Jeff Lamberth, like Mike Evans, went to, went to Texas A&M. He is friendly with Mike Evans and just so happens to know a golf pro who could help Mike Evans' game. So the Bucks receiver was going back to Lamberth to get information and write down his number oh, so that he can get help with his golf swing. I see. Yeah. You buy that? Sure. Yeah. You know, when, I mean, when it comes to helping him with a golf swing, that's really what was going I, on. I mean, let me tell you, if I was Mike Evans. Right. And, and I knew our season was not going deep. Yeah. Yeah, man. I live in Florida. I need help with my golf yeah, swing. Might as well get some help, right? Makes total sense. Number two on my football power rankings, which can't get anywhere else. The OG originated these. The entire city of Philadelphia. Not just the Eagles. The whole city of Philadelphia. Sunday, they're hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they should have no problems with Matt Canada, right? No problems. And, look, things have been cooking with Jalen Hurts. They're unbeaten. I think they're going to remain unbeaten. They're going to move to 7-0 this weekend when they're hosting the Steelers on Sunday. Do you know what happens on Monday in Philadelphia? World Series returns. Game three of the World Series with the Philadelphia Phillies. I like the Phillies in this one. I think they're gonna. Pl- I think they're gonna play the role of spoiler to the Houston Astros' well, Death Star. But what, from what we've seen between the Nationals and the Braves, you know, the hot team at the end, especially they, from the NL East, has they, been the one that wins. They it. are absolutely a hot team right now. All I know is that no light pole is safe in the city of Philadelphia no. right now. All the cheesesteaks. All right, and number one on your football power rankings. It's it's the same as it was last week, and every week we've done this, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they continue to be great. And honestly, my number one is you, Joe. You are number one of my football power rankings this week. Joe Giglio is number one, not the Philadelphia Joe Giglio, who has the easiest two weeks of sports talk radio he ever has to do. He works for WIP up in Philly. No, this Joe Giglio here locally, you're having a hell of a week or a hell of a football season because – People have finally come around to what you've always known about, A, Matt Canada, and B, Russell Wilson. You're like, oh, so <laughs> now you see what I've been trying to tell you about these guys. Yep. Hey, so, man, stick with me. I'll take you places. We'll link up with Wes Durham of the ACC Network here in just a little bit. Some news to get to before we say hello to Wes. Looks like Hubert Davis got himself a new contract with North Carolina. I would hope so. Got to the Final Four. Single-handedly ruined Coach K's farewell season with a win at Cameron Indoor Stadium and then literally ending his career in New Orleans with the win in the Final Four game. So apparently it was signed. This is according to our friend Aaron Beard over at the Associated Press. This was signed in late August. The deal runs through 2027-2028. It's worth about $16.7 million. It includes base and supplemental pay, as well as compensation tied to the school's multimedia and sports apparel, blah, 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 blah. It will pay an average of $2.8 million a year, starting with two point three million for the upcoming season, and then increasing to $3.1 million for the final year. Although During the break, Julio, you were pointing out that his initial contract was essentially oh, a bargain was, basement. It really was, because he hadn't had any experience before, so... It's about a million dollar increase per year, if if I'm remembering correctly from his first deal. Not bad, not bad. A lot of expectations in Chapel. Still Hill. a bargain. It still is. The number is still a bargain. It still is, and a lot of expectations for the Tar Heels going into this basketball season, which were like less than two weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. Yeah, November seventh. Very excited about that. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN, joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. West, what up, man? How you guys doing? We're good. Uh, you know, just talking money. 
<laughs> revenue distributions and I want my uh, slice of the pie. And if, I should have uh, paid more attention in accounting class at dear old Elon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I did take business classes at NC State, I, I didn't get into to TV TV revenue contracts. Yeah, um, exactly. we, we talked to Brian Murphy about this, WRL.com, WRLSportsFan.com, who's done his reporting on this. I know David Teal, Richmond.com, mm-hmm. has also done his reporting on this. And when you talk across the league about money, what where do things kind of stand on how serious they are about possibly reconfiguring how money gets doled out in the ACC? I think that the fall athletic directors meetings that just concluded – um, if I'm reading the tea leaves, this was the second time that it was on the agenda. Okay. Um, I think it was discussed last winter and I know in the spring and fall, it was on the agenda. So it, being on the agenda is a different thing than just kind of casual cocktail conversation, right? Sure. So when it gets now to a point where we hear somebody at the top level of each of these institutions or someone from the top level of the institution talk about it, then I think we can say, okay, now there's something behind it. I think when it's ADs and those folks, CFOs, those type folks, I think it's a good conversation, but I think it has to go to the very top for it to get any kind of juice to becoming something we are uh, going to accept coming forward. How's that? It's a departure too, Wes, from what the mm. league was founded on. But I guess that's part of progress, if you will, to expand it to 15 teams. Yeah, and I think, Joe, the other part about this too from where we sit is that, you know, it just shows you how fast this has now gone from something that we all thought was fair and equal across the pie to the new world we're getting ready to live in. I mean, when things start, you know, like we joke about it. Well, we don't joke about it. We talk a lot about it in a serious vein, but we do kid around about it. But when things start starting with a B and not an M, I think things change. And I think they change a lot. And so when the Big Ten wrote the deal that starts with a B, that changes a lot of stuff about the structure of major college athletics. And I think the ACC and this whole revenue thing is going to be really, really critical going forward to see kind of how they develop, uh, you know, new avenues of that, and then what does it look like in the distribution to the institutions? Yeah, so for, for me, it's it's not really about where the money is going. I think it's about the money coming in more yeah, than a, anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can throw some more money at Clemson because, all right, fine, it's merit-based. But really, it's not the money that can compete with what you're seeing in the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma had a similar arrangement in the Big Ten where they were getting more money than everybody else, and they still left for the SEC. Gilio's main point about keeping the ACC together more than anything else is going to be about college football playoff access. And if Mm -hmm. we're headed in this direction of a 12-team playoff, then if you're Clemson, you're probably looking at this from the perspective of, well, what is what what allows us to have an easier path to the college football playoff? And the SEC, or I'm sorry, the, the ACC should probably give you that more often than not, correct? I would think so. And I look, I'm, I heard a little bit about what Joe said uh, yesterday, and I'm going to agree with him on this. I You've got to take everything into account in this particular year and the next three or four behind it as it speaks to the cautionary tale of monopolization of this thing. That committee gets in that room and they have a zero and two ones on mm-hmm. the board from the Southeastern Conference. Things are going to get really tricky in that room. Um, those of us that have been through the mock deal to select you know, the four teams and that kind of deal, 
I mean, we've seen kind of how that formula gets made. Um, and it's not as secret as Coca-Cola, but I mean, they do <laughs> use a different, they use different sets of analytics and things like that. So I think it does get really interesting. Um, but at the same time, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves about that too. You know, Jillian, what I'm going to say, you got to lower the flag a little bit here, right? You got to understand that right now, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee are all viable college football final four teams. That's just where this is. Doesn't mean they're going to get there, but does it keep a Clemson out? And I think Julio said, was it yesterday in front instead of TCU, right? I mean, TCU yeah. is, is capable. So I think we've got to understand that the playoff access to what you talk about, Joe, is going to get really interesting in, in light of what your future will be. And we don't know to this day yet what the future of that 12-team frame looks like. And we also don't understand kind of how the back end of it works because, you know, it's kind of like the expansion topic of the college basketball tournament we had last week. Mm -hmm. We we need to make sure that we're just not throwing four more games up there to throw four, four more games up there. And, you know, there there is part of me that worries that we're going to dilute the regular season and all the drama and consequence that gets played in the college game uh, by adding four, or in this case, eight more teams to the college football playoff. West Durham ACC Network joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. It's Jovius. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Wes, let's talk a little ACC football. Virginia mm. Tech is in town tomorrow night. Virginia Tech fans are not happy with me. They're not happy with Ovius by proxy. Why is um, that? But Virginia Tech's the worst team trying, in the ACC. Maybe Virginia would be the other we were choice. We trying to do something nice, Wes. Giglio uh, wanted to do some sort of prize pack, like a hey – we get that you're down bad, so we're going to try to pick you up. Virginia and I fans. even said we understand that in the triangle yeah. in football. Like, that's a thing so, we understand. We get that. They don't, they don't that. care what you think. They so, don't care what you think. So if people text the keyword Beamer, Beamer. to 919-860-5326, they have an opportunity to win Metallica's Black Album on CD. That's a good thing. Nice. Which has Enter Sandman on it. Positive, yeah. We'll also get you a Virginia Tech 2022 ACC Tournament Basketball Championship T-shirt. Who wouldn't nice. want that in the triangle? Shout out sure. to Mike Young. Right. And a lunch pail. And the lunch pail, we were tweaking them just a little bit. But <laughs> people got mad, Wes. And we're like, no, we're trying to help you no, out. We're trying to do something I mean, nice. You There's know, a you lot of hokey fans here. You got to understand, in the days of lore, when there was a morning television show on the Atlantic Coast Conference Television Network, I once rated them down in accounting somewhere like 9 or 10, and I had people tell me my – passport to blacksburg was revoked oh boy oh not great not great what do you uh, what, what are we seeing though on thursday night with the hokies like i yeah. I, I know people are mad what are we going to see from the wolf pack see i'm with wes i'm with wes on this let's one let's start with the two and five team who we don't know about you, you've okay. seen more well, than we have this year i i have definitely seen them twice the last time i saw them israel abanacanda just scored again okay that'll make them happy um I think they're really good on defense. I think offensively they are a mystery. I think Tyler Bowens tried to do a really good job. I'm a huge Brad Glenn fan who's the quarterback's co-chair. But let's be honest, Grant Wells has just not been able to push the ball down the field. They do not have, I will say this, they do not have breakaway speed on the perimeter at wide receiver like yeah. they've had in their history. Um if Malachi Thomas is 100%, and I would like to think they've held him enough and he looked pretty decent in the two games he's played, I'd like to think Malachi Thomas is probably going to be as good as he's going to be down the stretch here, and that would be a positive. 
defensively, they're not terrible despite the Abanacanda game. And again, I will go back to the thing. I probably wear people out when I say this. Hey, Virginia Tech, you've already, you know, you've got to be patient here. This is a lot. In fact, the Commonwealth of Virginia, as it relates to ACC football, needs to exercise some patience here. Well, they, because, but they have a Russell Wilson problem right now. Watching well, Hendon sure, Hooker well, yeah, at Tennessee, it, there's no it has kind of no triggered question. them in a way that would would have triggered totally, State totally fans if Mike Glennon wasn't around. Yeah, sure. even, even when he was, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, the, well, but, the Hendon Hooker thing actually I, adds to Gilio's list of things that people are seeing this season. Yes, that I'm right about. Damn and it. That, you know, we, Fuente we, was a – I'll edit my own yeah, words. Edit yourself. Edit yourself. We're we're not nice this, job. What this is not, pod, edit this my is not podcast form yet. Nice job. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, gilio has been banging the drum on Matt Cannon in Pittsburgh, and people are like, "What's this guy's deal?" Gilio tried to tell you. You know, we did a whole podcast, kind of poking holes at the Russell Wilson myth. Well, what are we finding out this year in Denver? And then now with Head and Hooker, a lot of Virginia Tech fans who refuse to listen about how, hey man, Justin Fuente. People don't like him. The players don't like him. And now we're obviously seeing this play out. Now Hokie fans don't like him. Yeah, and I think you have to understand that Hendon Hooker, I mean, there was a lot going on in Blacksburg for Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Okay? I mean, a lot. The pandemic was one, and and, and he's going to have to talk about, you know, what that was for him. And I'm I'm guessing at some point he's going to sit down and go through a lot of this stuff for somebody. I saw Um, a quote, though, this week that they told him who he had to throw to. And that's why he started I, running. Geez. I can't. I can't. That's if that's if that's true, that's really bad. West then again, then again, we're not beyond believing anything at this point, no. are we, Gilio? No. West okay. Durham of the ACC Network, ESPN, hanging out with us here on the OG on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. On the other side, we will discuss the NC State portion of this because I'm with you, Wes. I, I do think that tomorrow night is more interesting, not just because we're local here and we and we obviously cover NC State, but the open date and how NC State might have kind of retooled things offensively in preparation for the rest of their season. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Just look up 99.9 The Fan. I mean, Wes, we've had a YouTube channel. I'm just showing my age, and I've just not promoted our YouTube channel, so I'm making a much more concerted effort to promote the YouTube channel. I think we're only about 20 more away from a certain milestone we need to reach in order to unlock even more potential. They gamify it. It's amazing on YouTube. All um, right. I need to uh, I need to lock that in on the Roku here so I can uh, Yeah, man. Let's go. Watch the YouTube. Add a, add a sub. Like the, like just... the influencers say, Wes, smash that subscribe button. Let's go. In fact, this portion of the conversation right now that we're about to have will end up on the YouTube channel. All right. All right. So bring your best stuff, Wes. Let's go. Look, NC State season is not going the way that we spent all offseason talking about, okay? And I think it's more so what happened in the FSU win where they lost Devin Leary for the season and how Syracuse got him up in New York. Mm -hmm. The open date probably comes at the best possible time for Dave Doran and the staff to really take an assessment of what the rest of the year is going to look like offensively. Is it a Jack Chambers show the rest of the way? Or do they just start going and giving MJ Morris more reps? What's their identity? What can they salvage? I think NC State, while not the season they wanted, we're going to find a heck of a lot more about the culture and what Dave Dorn's been trying to do there at NC State the rest of the way, starting with Virginia Tech. 
Well, and I know Jillio and you guys are a lot closer to this than I am, and I haven't had the Wolfpack in about three years for a game So uh, in football, so I need to kind of go with what I know based on what I've seen. Hey, hey, executives, put Wes on a football game, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting football games. That's not well, the problem. I, I'm just not a getting state NC football state. game. A yeah. state football game. Here's, here's the idea of this, and I, I'll just say this from watching the Syracuse game. I think Chambers – or Morris, or whoever, would be a lot more comfortable if they knew they were going to get X out of Jordan Houston or Sumo Kangbai, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is this. The the guy who is more comfortable being the face of the future or the, the guy is if, if it's MJ Morris, who I'm guessing is out of Carrollton, played for Joey King, by the way, at Carrollton, who was uh, Trevor Lawrence's high school coach at Cartersville. Um, and MJ Morris is the kind of guy who you think might be the next guy or at least close to the next guy, you know, then Tim Beck and Dave Doran and that staff's got to come to some sort of conclusion on symmetry and, and where the offense is, because here's the deal defensively. I, I don't, I don't hate them defensively. I like no. them a lot defensively. No. No. In fact, I think you can win tomorrow night on defense. I think the question is not tomorrow night. I think the question is down the road. But tomorrow night, mm -hmm. in order to keep the Hokies from catching a flyer, yeah. you got to be able to do the principal issue of running the ball and running it consistently, I think, to get a quarterback at least some degree of confidence. It's interesting you mentioned that about defense. I'm not going to say who it was that Julio was having a conversation with, but we'll just say he's an optimist. Yeah. He was an optimist about mutual NC State. He's a yeah. mutual friend of ours. We, uh, and the idea was, you know, Jillian was mutual like, oh, man. Mutual friend of ours? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the three okay, of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And, you know, Jillian was being Jillian about it, right? And, and what did what did this person, what did the optimist tell you? Because I was like, yeah, man, I'm really worried about the Wake and the Carolina games. And uh, he was like, no, nah, man, our defense is, is, is good. That, that Carolina game won't get out of hand. Their, their defense is terrible. <laughs> And I was like, how do you do that? Like, how how do you come back with that optimism? Okay, me, how do you do it? Yeah, let me let me bring uh, NC State fans to this table for a meal. Mm -hmm. mm. Saturday night at Keenan Stadium is a really good example of what you don't want to have happen. You've got a really good defense. Pittsburgh has a really good defense, right? A, you can't turn it over. And B, you don't want to turn it over because it gives them extra cracks. Okay. So Pittsburgh and, and NC State are like right there I was to gonna say, behind Clemson. But Pat Narduzzi and Dave Doran were separated at birth too. So, well, but in, and the idea of this, you know, hey, look, we we're good enough defensively. Carolina and look, they're not great on defense. They're not consistent either. But are they ascending defensively? Perhaps. Mm -hmm. I better. mean, Cleaning yeah, they've been up. better. Yeah. They have been better. But the idea here is you've got to be. You don't want to get if it's an eight possession game. You don't want to give them ten, yeah, because that, those other two could be touchdowns that win the game. But here's the thing about Carolina, because that transitions us to the other interesting conversation okay. going forward with the Tar Heels, who are in the driver's seat for the Coastal Division. They Very got much they so. got what yes. they needed this past weekend. The teams that best to lose, team in America to succeed without putting the ball on the tee last week was Carolina. Driver's seat. They're on third base. As you, <laughs> Elsa, what there's you, nobody out. <laughs> this, they just need one more run. This weekend proved what again, Julio about Carolina. Oh, if something good can happen to Carolina. It definitely. It, it's gonna happen that's exactly what happened with duke that sounds like a podcast uh, you know what maybe that's maybe 2023 podcast in the books here i don't know we'll see I, 
But Carolina fans, understandably, are not ready to, as Jillio likes to say, dump the Gatorade because they've seen this multiple times, out, not just out of the Mac Brown Tar Heels, Wait. but other iterations of the Tar Heels, where Pitt's likely to go 400 yards on the ground for all they know. Yes, they are. Because and Carolina turn it into a six-possession game. And Carolina cannot keep – Carolina has a tendency to make things more difficult than it needs to be for themselves. They get nice That's things, That's but fair. man, oh, man, do they flirt with disaster on a night-in, night-out basis. Carolina, 7-6 and six as a ranked team since Mac Brown's return in 2019. Wow. That's, I have the heels at 16 this week. People are mad at me at that, too. Virginia Tech people mad about Virginia Tech people mad that they were 16 in your ballot. I can't win with this. No, you can't. It's like no, you're you need to cat. You need to tell Aaron Beard, hey Aaron, thanks, but no thanks. I keep telling Brownlow, and 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 what's sad is she has the ultimate retort. Basically, as a guy, you're gonna get hate, but no one's gonna tell you to get back into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like. Damn it, Brownlow. Yeah, Brownlow always makes good points. Why you got to make me yeah, feel Brownlow's that? very bright. Bra very Brownlow's smart, always very making talented. good points. Always they hate good you, points. but they're not sexist to you. Yeah. There's there's a <laughs> difference. Oh, and by the way, I got long COVID, so shut it. Oh, you're going to use some nasty tweets? She's got <laughs> yeah. long COVID. She didn't do that to me, though. <laughs> I will. I will do that on her behalf. Give her a break. She's, she's still dealing with it, regardless. Yeah. Uh, even though she's still helping us out with uh, with panic rooms and everything else. We'll be doing a panic room tomorrow. All right, so – but you you get what I'm saying. We'll close on this. You get what I'm saying about Carolina. Yes, Absolutely. They, they've got things in position, but, man, I still don't know if I can trust that Carolina defense. Because, and you know why? Because Antoine Harris is in the next end zone. <laughs> it's a great callback. Yep. Well done. Well done, Wes. I mean, what well do you done. want me to tell you? They've been to <laughs> well the done. doorstep. Hey, Norman, Oklahoma, 1980. Antoine Harris in the doorstep. I what do you? I mean, I know Carolina fans are thinking, wait, we lost to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is crazy. Mm -hmm. You can't figure out Notre Dame. I mean, they're playing personality. they got five or six different playing personalities. Yeah. And – I mean, who'd they play last week? Was that – did they play, like, Bishop Gorman High School? I couldn't figure out who in the world. They were actually playing UNLV. Didn't look like it. Um, but to me, Carolina has got to stay to Carolina. Carolina only has to worry about Carolina. Yeah, agree. I mean, in, in all honesty, Gilio just said it. They got – they're standing on third, and, and then nobody's out, mm -hmm. and they can wait on pitches. They can take a call, third strike. They can do all that. But what they can't do – is killed them. They can't beat themselves. Pittsburgh Saturday night in Louisville beat themselves with turnovers and miscalculations offensively and bad possessions in the red zone and all those things. West Serum, ACC Network, ESPN West. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. Take care, guys. See you soon. Thanks.